Life is full. It's full of beautiful moments, hard moments, and a whole lot of mundane in between. Often we find ourselves going through the motions and we end up seeing mostly the hard, mostly the boring, and failing to see the good in our days at all. With Intention is a podcast about changing the narrative. I'm your host, Desiree, and I'm no expert at living intentionally. I'm just here to share my personal learnings alongside stories from others about how we're learning to see the beauty in the mundane, celebrate our beautiful, ordinary, everyday lives, and approach every aspect of them with intention. We'll talk about things like motherhood and family, reflecting and taking care of ourselves, our work, our homes, all the things that make up our days. My hope is that you'll leave our conversations reminded that our beautiful, hard, ordinary, mundane days, this messy life, it's full of good and it's full of purpose and it's meant to be lived well with the utmost intention. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get to today's episode. Welcome back to With Intention. This is episode 118 and I'm so excited to be sharing my conversation with Christy Wright on today's episode. Christy Wright is a number one national bestselling author. She is a personal development expert, and she's the host of The Christy Wright Show. Since 2009, she's served at Ramsey Solutions, where she teaches on personal development, business, and faith. And her new book, Take Back Your Time, which releases on September 14th, is now available for pre-order. And we really dig into the topics that are covered in that book in today's episode. When I received Christy's book, I just knew that this was a topic that I wanted to cover on the podcast. It is something that we've talked about several times before, just time management, different approaches into time management. But what I love about Christy's approach is it's not about balance as in giving equal time to everything because that's impossible. And we will talk about that a little bit in today's episode, but it's about purpose and it's about priorities and it changes from season to season. Part of the reason we so often feel off balance is because we are trying to do everything. We are trying to give equal time to everything. And Chrissy talks about how we can kind of combat that feeling of being off balance by just approaching it with a different mindset and, of course, take action steps towards a better balance for us in our specific season. So today's episode is full of actionable tips We also talk about calendars and to-do lists. So if you are a to-do list lover, definitely listen till the end because we are talking about that later in the episode. So let's go ahead and dive right into my conversation with Christy. I'm so excited and honored to have Christy Wright as my guest on the podcast today. And we're going to be talking all about time management, balance, life balance, all of these things that we all, I think a lot of us wish we had a better hold on. So I'm so excited to approach this topic. Christy, but before we dive in, could you just tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do and even where they can find you if they want to hear more from you after this episode? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is so fun. I loved even chatting with you before we started recording about uh, Business Boutique. And that's probably how um, most people, I would say, know me because I've spent the last five to six years really helping women start businesses, whether it's a side business or small business or home-based business, whatever that looks like. I love helping people get started and get that thing off the ground. And so I wrote my first book, Business Boutique in 2017, and I have events and a coaching group and just uh, tons of resources to help people do that. And that's what I've spent the majority of my time really doing the last five to six years. But last year, um, and really a little bit before that, I felt God calling me, 
in addition to business, to help people in more than just business, to help them in their life. And so I didn't know what that looked like at the time, but I just kind of one step in front of the other, a steps of faith, started moving more into the personal development and faith space. And I have a vision to kind of bridge this gap between faith and personal development and a topic that I have struggled with myself with having three kids in five years and doing all the things, you know, like we all do. Um, But I've also been researching this topic and speaking on it for over a decade. And that's this idea of life balance. And so in many ways, I feel like this is something that's been on my heart for a long, long time. But it's one of those things that I'm asked about more than any other topic. Everywhere I go, whether it's a male audience, a female audience, both old, young business leaders or not, I'm always asked the same question. How do you balance it all? How do you do it all? And the word balance is always used in that way. It's always used as a verb, right? How do you balance it all? Like we're, we're trying to keep all the balls in the air, keep all the plates spinning. And, and I started to, as I dug into this, ask a different question. Because I realized that, you know, one of the things I felt in my life is I could try to juggle all the balls and I could try to spin all the plates and walk the tightrope and do all the things and manage my calendar and all the things. And I could still feel out of balance. I still felt like something wasn't right. I was rushed, exhausted. I felt guilty. No matter what decision I made, it felt like it was the wrong one. And I thought something is wrong with this. This is not just about time management anymore. This is about the deeper issues that make me feel unhappy and guilt-ridden in my own life. And so I started really exploring it. That's what led me to my new book, Take Back Your Time, The Guilt-Free Guide to Life Balance. And what I hope is that I'm bringing something new to the conversation. This is not just about how to manage your calendar. We're going to get to the root issues of why you feel out of balance in the first place and solve it there so that that issue doesn't creep up for you again. So I'm, I'm super excited to put it out in the world and can't wait to see how it helps people. Yeah, I love it so much. I love the subtitle of it, just the idea of the guilt-free guide to life balance. And I love how you kind of talk about the idea of balance in general and what that actually means. Um, So I want to ask you about that a little bit as we kind of dive into this subject. Just before we really get into it, what is your definition of balance? What does a balanced life look like if someone gets to the end of your book and actually takes the action steps that you have laid out in there? What would a balanced life look like versus like an out of balance or an overwhelmed life? That's what I think of when I think of like an out of balance life is just overwhelmed, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, always feeling like you want to be somewhere when you're doing something else somewhere else. And I, I have felt that before. I think so many of us have. So let's just start with that. Like, what's your definition of balance? Yeah, well, I love this question because you make a really good point. And that is what I've found in my life and certainly in a lot of people I coach. We don't know what balance is. We just know we don't have it. (laughs) So it's this like shadow that haunts us. No matter what we do, it's the wrong thing, right? And so um, I started digging into, okay, what makes us feel out of balance? What does it look like to feel out of balance? And then how can we almost kind of back out of that and say, okay, this is what balance looks like? Well, I think for me, balance isn't something so much you do, how you balance it all like a verb. I think it's something you can feel. I can feel balanced in my life. And guess what? I can feel balanced even in my busy life. I think balance is one of those things you can become even in an out-of-balance world where you are a balanced person. You feel a sense of balance 
even in a crazy busy schedule, even in an out of balance world. And so what that brought me to is my definition that I really unpack in the book, which is life balance isn't doing everything for an equal amount of time. It's about doing the right things at the right time. And when you do the right things at the right time, whatever that is for you, by the way, you feel the sense of balance that you've been looking for. And the great news is, is that you get to define what that looks like. So what balance, what balance looks like for you is going to be different than what it looks like for me. It's going to be different than what it looks like for someone in a different season of life. And it's not a one size fits all. And it's not a set it and forget it. My version of balance this summer is very different than my version of balance this fall. And so I think when we begin to define it for ourselves and figure out what that looks like for us, it gives us permission to shake the guilt. It gives us permission to find confidence in the choices that are right for you, the right choices that are right for me. And the implications of that are huge. Because then I can be fully present where I am. I can shake the guilt. I can be proud of how I spend my time. And I can look at people to my right and to my left and know they're doing something different because their life is different and what's right for them is different. And that's okay. It doesn't make me question my own choices and it doesn't make me feel guilty that I'm not doing what they're doing. It helps me remember life balance is doing the right things at the right time. And when I do that, I feel that sense of pride, that sense of confidence, that sense of peace that sense of balance that I've been looking for all along. Yeah. And I, that's such an attainable definition. And I love, I think, I think you just said it and you say it in your book too, just this idea that the giving, the idea of giving equal time to everything is like, that's not even actually desirable. Like that's what sometimes we think is what balance would look like if we achieved it. But that's not even actually what we want. So I, I love that you talk about, you know, more so you give action steps of how to define it for yourself, how to get there. It's personal to, to you know, it's going to look different from person to person, what your life looks like. It just makes it so much more attainable. Like, yes, this is something I can actually achieve for my life um, and actually like have fulfilling days because it, it fits me. It doesn't have to be the same thing that, you know, someone else is doing. It fits me. Um, and this book is a huge need in today's culture. You talked about how you research, have researched this for years and how this is like the question that you get everywhere you go. It's obviously a huge need. Um, a lot of my listeners are moms. Motherhood tends to kick us off a of balance no matter what our days look like, right? So I love that you outline four major reasons that we feel out of balance in your book. So could you talk about some of those, you know, maybe the ones you think are the biggest reasons we get ourselves to this out of balance place? Yeah. So if, if life balance is doing the right things at the right time, which I believe it is, then the way that we get out of balance are really four main causes. Doing too many things, not doing enough things, doing the wrong things, and not doing the right things. And those are all slightly different. And I'd be willing to bet that, you know, your listeners probably struggle with some more than others. The, the type A, hard driving, go-getter uh, woman that might be listening to this, she might be trying to do too many things or doing the wrong things or not doing the right things. And what's so hard is when we put that pressure on ourselves to do everything all the time, like just like you just said, of like every single day, I'm going to do all these things equally. Well, that sets us up to fail because that's not realistic. It's not even desirable. But if you could reframe your definition and say, okay, life balance is doing the right things at the right time, then it gives you permission to be present where you are and understand that just because something is not right right now doesn't mean it's never going to be right. Let me give you an example, Desiree. I love to run. My husband and I met in a running group 
running is a big part of my identity. It is something I do that makes me like myself. It makes me enjoy my body when it can be strong and I can push it. And it's not like I'm like an Olympian. I'm not even that good. I'm a very average runner, but I enjoy this part of my life. So when I was pregnant, each time with my, each of my three kids, and especially in the later stages of pregnancy, I, run, I ran in the beginning when I could, but in the later stages when I couldn't run, it became very frustrating for me because I felt like I'd lost a part of myself and it felt like I wasn't me anymore. And anyone that's ever experienced pregnancy or any season of life that takes away some aspect of yourself that you're used to, that you enjoy, that makes you build confidence, you start to wonder that, is this how it's always going to be? Let's say there's someone listening right now and they have a newborn. That can feel so all-consuming. You can't imagine it would ever get easier. You can't imagine you'll ever run again, you'll ever sleep again, you'll ever have a clean house again. You can't imagine that. But that's the reason I spent some time towards the end of the book talking about seasons. Because what's right right now is different than what was right a year ago, than what will be right in a year. And just because something's not right right now doesn't mean it's not ever going to be right again. And so when you think about that and you think about, okay, what season of life am I in? Let's speak to the, the woman that has maybe a newborn and she's just like, I'm exhausted. My house is a mess. I haven't even had a t- time for a shower. What's right right now? What's right right now? It's taking care of your baby, getting what sleep you can and adapting to this new season of motherhood and this new season of this child in your life. There will be a day, believe it or not, that that child goes to the bathroom by themselves. They pick up their room. You may have to ask them a hundred times, but they will. And so when you understand, okay, this is the season I'm in, whether it's a heavy season at work, I'm going into a heavy season at work right now with my book and putting it, that's great. What's right right now is focusing on the book. Doesn't mean I don't love my family. This whole summer I've played with my family nonstop, but what's right right now. And when you ask yourself what's right right now, then it helps you understand I'm going to do the right things at the right time. I'm not going to try to do everything because I'm going to be exhausted. I'm not going to do the wrong things. That's not a priority, right? Just the other day, I made a decision about something that was an awesome opportunity, but it wasn't the right opportunity. It's like, man, that sounds so fun. Oh, I have FOMO. I don't want to miss out. All these people are doing it. I got invited. That would be so cool. It would be so cool, but it's not right right now. What's right right now is me focusing on my book. And so that simple question, what's right right now, Doing the right things at the right time gives you permission to be present where you are, shake the guilt of where you're not, and also, by the way, change your mind. Change your mind in October, what's right right then? Next year, what's right right then? Your baby is sleeping, you're going back to work, what's right right now? And and it just gives you that sense of confidence and peace and permission to do what's right for you in any season, and by the way, any week, and even any given day, that can change. Yeah, I that's... So good and such a freeing way to to define it and to look at it because it's so true. Like as a, I, I have a toddler, but um, she's almost four. But I can remember during those newborn days where really your life is consumed by, you know, taking care of the baby and trying to get your own sleep so that you can take care of the baby. You have this mindset that, oh, but I have to do this, this, and this, and I should be doing this, and I should be thinking about this, and I should have the house completely clean. But really, like, that, those aren't the right things for that season. And I just think that that is the most freeing idea that being out of balance is often a feeling, right? It's often something that we put on ourselves because we are thinking or trying to do things that maybe aren't aren't fit in this season. And if we really just 
lean into where we are and what matters most, which is, I love that you talk about that, just defining what matters most to you and going from there, then we won't feel that out of balance feeling, even though we're not doing it all, right? We won't feel the out of balance feeling because we won't be trying to do it all. So interesting is we can have the perfect schedule where we, what we think is the perfect schedule, where we fill it with all the right things, but then everything we show up for, we're focused on where we're not, and then we still feel guilty. So that's why I thought it was so important to talk about towards the, the end of the path to balance, talking about being present in the moment that you're in. Because if, you, if you're always focused on where you're not, then you always miss your life. Of course you feel guilty because you're always focused on where you're not. I'm here with you and I'm thinking about my kids. Are they okay? Are they sick? Do they need me? What if I didn't, I didn't get that laundry done? Well, then I'm missing this moment with you and with your listeners and I feel guilty. And then I go home and my kids are trying to tell me what they did today. And we're trying to play on the playground. And I'm thinking about, oh, in this interview, and I forgot to say this. And oh, I forgot to hit this meeting deadline. And if you're always focused on where you're not, you're always going to feel guilty. And so that's the reason I think a big piece of this is not only figure out what matters to you and figure out what is right for you in this season, but give yourself permission. And I'd say the discipline to be present for it. Because if you're not present for it, you miss it. You can show up everywhere, but you're not where your feet are, and then you and then you feel guilty. And so, um, I think it's it's both and. It's figuring out what matters, and then actually being present for those things that gives you that sense of balance. You know, there's there's all kinds of things that I want to do. I want to play on an adult soccer league again someday. I want to go to Europe. I want to get a dog. There's all these things I want to do. But if I felt guilty for not doing them all right now, that'd be crazy because this is not the season for that. It's not the season for Europe. It's certainly not the season for a dog. I can barely keep my children (laughs) straight. And it's not the season for me to take on some extracurricular of an adult soccer league. Those are all great ideas someday. Someday I'll go to Europe. Someday I'll get a dog. Someday I'll pay on the soccer league again. But what's right right now? These things. The season of little kids. My book. The things that are most important right now. But just because it's not right right now doesn't mean it's never right. It just gives you permission to say what's right today. Yeah, that's so good. And I just think that that that's a piece that is often missing, I think, from this conversation of taking back your time and balance of just presence. You know, that's a, that's part of that almost is usually approached as like a whole nother topic of just like okay, right. how to be present. And then over here is how to have good time management skills. But they really are, they are one and the same. They need to, you know, be tied together. I hope you're enjoying today's episode, but I wanted to take a quick break to thank the sponsors that are helping make this episode possible. If hiring is a part of your job in any way, you know that this can be a really anxious thing, can be something that is constantly nagging at your brain, maybe even keep you from being able to relax until you find the right candidate, Indeed can help you with this. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even interviewing. Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. Indeed Instant Match helps you make a short list of great candidates fast. The moment you sponsor a job, you get a list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Indeed helps you hire great people fast. Best of all, you pay only for the applicants who meet your must-have qualifications. 
According to Talentness, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. And you can join more than 3 million businesses worldwide who use Indeed to hire great talent fast. You can get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash intention. That's $75 credit at Indeed.com slash intention. Indeed.com slash intention. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. I also want to thank Organifi. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition with high-quality ingredients and less than 3 grams of sugar per serving. Organifi chooses the highest-quality plant-based ingredients for optimal health, and each blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers whenever possible. Each superfood blend is easy to use by simply mixing it with water or your favorite beverage while on the go, providing you with quality nutrition throughout your day, and the serving is less than $3 per day. I want to tell you about one of their favorite supplements, which one, I want to tell you about one of my favorite supplements, which is their gold supplement. Organifi Gold helps you get the rest you need with the most soothing ingredients. It's a delicious superfood tea that contains powerful superfoods and mushrooms to help you relax so that you can wake up feeling refreshed and energized. It supports rest and relaxation, a healthy immune response, and a healthy response to stress. Organifi Gold is 100 U.S. certified organic, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, vegan, and non-GMO with clinically proven ingredients. It includes nine superfoods for rest and relaxation, tastes delicious in warm water, and amazing in milk or milk alternatives. I personally like to use oat milk. It's low sugar, so you can enjoy this warm dessert-like tea without any guilt and wake up refreshed the next day without drowsiness. I love that it helps me relax, and I tend to fall asleep easier on the nights that I use it. Try Organifi Gold or any of their other supplements today. Go to Organifi.com slash intention and get 15% off of any item in the store. Make sure you use the link for the podcast. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash intention. Organifi.com slash intention. All right, let's get back to today's episode. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles will show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, you just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. Since having kids, I have kind of lost my personal style and I'm using Armoire to help me find it again while trying out different brands and styles without having to add more physical stuff to my wardrobe. And I have a few events that are coming up that I know I am going to want some fancier items to wear than the items that I own. And I don't really want to go shopping for items that are going to sit in my closet without being worn after that one day. I hate the waste that that creates, and I love that Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for any occasion and then send it back. I'm just really grateful that I have Armoire to help me dress for the occasion without having to add something to my closet permanently that I know I'm only going to be wearing once. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armwire.style slash minimalish. 
That's armwire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalish to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armwire today. You know, this is such an important conversation to be having, but kind of the most important thing, which your book does a whole lot of, is how do we get there, right? Um, What are the practical action steps to getting there? How do we get back to a more balanced place if we're feeling overwhelmed, if we're feeling out of balance, if we're feeling like we should be a million places that we're not? What, What are some tangible ways to get there? Yeah. Thank, well, thank you for asking because I do like taking elusive topics and making them tactical. Like what is something you can do about it? So the the whole book is based around this definition of life balance. It's not doing everything for an equal amount of time. It's doing the right things at the right time. And when you do the right things at the right time, you'll feel the sense of balance that you've been looking for. But how do you do that? Right? Like how do you do the right things at the right time? How do you even know what the right things are? So I, get, I lay out this path to balance in my book. And it's five steps and they're all practical. And I'll quickly kind of give you an overview so people can see where this, how this plays out. Step one, figure out what matters, meaning decide what balance looks like for you. Decide what is most important to you right now in this season, whether it's a busy season at work or you've got a newborn or, you know, there are uh, the Olympics are this summer. Those Olympians, what's right for them? What matters to them? The freaking Olympics. Like that's their version of balance. And so in your life, with your priorities, your values, your family, your season, figure out what matters. Because if you're going to do the right things at the right time, you need to know what those right things are. So the first step is to figure out what matters. Step two, stop doing what doesn't matter. And whether we realize it or not, we spend a lot of time on things that don't matter. We don't realize it because it's a little bit here and a little bit there. It's an Instagram scroll, it's a Facebook post, it's our mind wandering, it's getting caught up and, and distracted with someone else's problems. There's a long list of things, but we, we all lose time there. And so when you start to take inventory of where you lose time, time stealers, and stop doing those things, you'd be amazed at how much time you free up for those things that you identified that matter most to you. So step one, figure out what matters. Step two, stop doing what doesn't matter to you. And again, you get to decide what those things are. Step three is super practical. Create a calendar that reflects what matters. If what matters to you is working out, where does it go on your calendar? If sleep is important to you, where is it on your calendar? If a date night is important to you, where is it on your calendar? Whatever that is for you. It doesn't matter what it is. You get to decide what matters, but it needs to go on your calendar. And we are often very good about putting appointments and commitments and meetings on our calendar, but all those extra things, the things we want to get to when time's left over, don't make it on the calendar, so they actually never happen. So I've started blocking time for everything on my calendar, even my bedtime. I know this is so tactical, but I put on my calendar 9.30, go to bed. (laughs) Because if I see it, I'm more likely to do it. And it sounds legalistic, but here's the thing, you get to create it, so you can make it look like anything you want to. It's really just a system that helps you do what you say you want to do. So step three is create a calendar that reflects what matters. Whatever you decided in step one needs to go on the calendar if it's going to happen. Step four, protect what matters. What that means is even after you've determined what that is, even after you create a calendar, you're still going to have to be willing to protect it by setting boundaries and saying no because life and everyone else and all the good opportunities out there will push you around and get you distracted and steal your time if you're not careful. So we talk a lot about setting boundaries, saying no, and protecting that sense of balance that you work so hard to create. 
And then lastly, step five is be present for what matters. Because even if you create the most perfect schedule in the world, if you aren't present for it, you miss it. And we talk about the discipline and the habits and rhythms that can help you be where your feet are to lose, to, to cut out the, the temptation to scroll your phone, let your mind wander and miss the moment that you're in. And so uh, really helps you kind of wrap up that whole plan, that whole path to get to experience that balance. So figure out what matters, stop doing what doesn't matter, create a calendar that reflects what matters, protect what matters and be present for what matters. When you do that, you will feel that sense of balance that you've been looking for. But the great news is it's not a path you do one time and then you're finished. You want to revisit that path in any new season because your version of balance will look different in every season and it will help you figure out what that is and actually live it out as your seasons change. I love that you say, you know, you have to revisit this because I think that that is the biggest problem that I've run into is, you know, I I kind of, I've had those things set before, maybe not all in that order, but I've had, you know, I've written a list to find what matters to me and tried to align my day to that two years ago, right? Right. But it's not one and done. And then I started a full-time job and realized, wow, it's, it's totally different now, you know? So I think that that is, that's kind of one of the, the biggest things for me as I've read through your book is just seeing this idea of, yes, it's in seasons and it, it needs to be something that, that we're always thinking about and that we are protecting. I love that you say that. And it makes it make sense and it makes it actually happen is if you just continually revisit that and continually come back to it. It gives you permission to adapt because one of the examples I use in the book, you know, I had this really great morning routine that I had, I had kind of dialed in and, and this was last summer and it was like, okay, um, Tuesdays and Thursdays when my husband's working out, I'm going to do my quiet time and yoga on the deck. And then Mondays and Wednesdays, I'm going to work out. And it was like, I didn't do everything every day, but I split my days of, of in a week's time, I got in those things that are important to me. And then school started in, in August and my son's school started so much earlier than preschool did. He started kindergarten. We had to wake him up to get him going by 6 a.m., like breakfast, get ready, out the door by 7. It's a, it's a really early school. Well, that threw off my entire morning routine. And at first, I was really discouraged because I kept trying to do what I had set, right? Like I held my feet to the fire of like, well, this is my morning routine, so I've got to, and it didn't work anymore. And so I had to figure out a new morning routine and a new version of balance to do what mattered to me within the confines of my life, which is my son's school. And so again, it just gives you permission to adapt when things change, whether it's starting a full-time job, having a baby, your son's starting a new school that has a different schedule, give yourself permission to adapt, revisit that path, and then you can still create it. It just might look a little bit different and that's okay. It should. Yes. So good. Um, That is... A morning routine is the number one thing that changed for me from this past fall. I went back to teaching full time and I was just like, at first I was like, I got to get back onto this. I got to get back onto that morning routine that I used to have. And as the school year went on, I realized that that morning routine, just like, it's just not my season for that morning routine anymore. Just like you said. And, and now that it's summer and I, am a full-time teacher. I'm like, I want to sleep. Like that's my, that's my morning routine. That's what matters to me right now is I want to sleep. And then I want to get up and have like a short morning routine that gets me set. So yeah, I can fully relate to that. One thing that you talk about, I think it's in step three of your book is it's along with the calendar is to-do lists. And I know I have like a love-hate relationship with to-do lists. So I want to hear your take on that of just like when you have 
a lot of things on your to-do list all the time. Um, when you feel like, you know, you could fill up a whole page with your to-do list all the time. What do you do with that? How do we find balance with, with a lot on our plate, basically? Yeah. So this is what I do. And I don't know if it's what you do or what your listeners do, but this is what I've struggled with. My to-do list is a mile long, but it is filled with essentials like pick up prescription that I need and non-essentials like steam clean the couch, which is just an idea I had one day whenever I thought my couches needed cleaning, right? So it's like, it is filled with stuff that I really want to do and need to do that is time sensitive and important. It's urgent and important and lots of stuff that is neither urgent nor important. And it all gets jumbled in. And so my brain is trying to work really hard as it goes through the list every day and sort through what do I need to do? What do I really not have to do? What can I push off? What can I save for later? What is just a nice idea? And then I feel overwhelmed because the list is so long. So I started keeping two lists and that may sound like it's more work, but it's actually super simple. I have two lists and I don't let any more than five items on them. The first list is what I want to get done most. And I literally call it that. I name it that. It's not a fancy name. It's a literal name because when I see this, I want my brain to cue what do I want to get done most? Meaning what is most important today? What is urgent that is time sensitive today? What is realistic within the confines of my time, my schedule, and oh, by the way, my energy today? What do I want to get done most today? There are days that I have five things on that list and I max it out. There are days where I have zero things on that list because either the time doesn't allow it, my energy doesn't allow it, or there's just nothing that's that important right then. But then there's a second list and it's off to the side and it's titled very literally, nothing clever here. I want it to be straightforward and clear. Other things I could do if I have time left over. It's so literal. Well, if I have some time left over, like I did this today, I wish I had it in front of me, I'd show you. Other things I could do if I have time left over. If I have time left over, I could go ahead and get ahead on my laundry. I could do a workout after work. I could, I can't remember what my other one was for today. And so you, you look at this and you go, if I have time left over, and I'm, if I'm just feeling inspired today, and I've got some energy at the end of the day, I can go to that list and pull from it. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and throw some laundry in. I'm going to go for a run, whatever that thing is. But if I don't do anything on that second list, it gives me permission to not feel guilty about it because I already called it what it is. It's options. These are other things I could do, optional things I could do if I have time left over and want to. There are days that I do and I do those things and there are days that I don't and I don't feel guilty about it because of the way I've titled and separated those lists. And then what that does is it really makes it easier on your brain to see what must get done. I need to pick up that prescription today. And what doesn't have to get done, I don't really have to steam clean those couch cushions. If I never get around to it, it's going to be okay. And so I think separating essentials from non-essentials. And, and, and I would, the other thing I would add to that is you create this every day. So at the beginning of the day, when I set my day, I just spend five minutes. It's not a long process. It's five minutes of like, okay, what have I got going on today? What do I want to get done most? Other things I could do. Because what I'm really guilty of is on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, I'm feeling very inspired for my week ahead. I'm going to get these 15 things done. I'm going to do this on Monday, this on Tuesday, this on Wednesday, this on Thursday. Well, as the week goes on, things change, things come up. And more often than not, my energy declines drastically. So Thursday comes and I've got five things I planned on Sunday when I was bright eyed and bushy tailed that I was going to do. And now I don't feel like it. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I don't want to do it. It takes the pressure off from again, you holding your feet to the fire when things have changed. So each day at the beginning of the day, I spend just a few minutes and say, what do I want to get done most today? 
other things I could do if I have time. And it gives me permission to do what I need to do, let go of what I don't need to do, and take into account how I'm feeling and what's going on that day before I plan my day and set my list so that it's the most accurate, realistic, attainable list possible. That's so great. I love that you just make it optional. Like you still put those things on there. There's still things that are maybe on your mind. And capture them. Yes, exactly. And, but they're just not the most important for that day. And I know I have a lot of to-do list loving (laughs) people listening in right now. So I hope that that, that really speaks to like the guilt-free side Mm -hmm. of, of what's in the subtitle of your book, the guilt-free guide to life balance. It's just like the guilt-free to-do list. These things, I could do them, but like, it's okay if I don't. And, and I just love that. There's some interesting research that I cite in the book as well, that the feeling that um, people get when they take drugs, this dopamine release that happens when someone takes drugs, same uh, release when someone has any thing of pleasure, eating cake, um, uh, scrolling social media, when you get a notification on phone, dopamine is released in your brain. We have the same feeling when we check a box on our to-do list. And so what's fascinating here is that our brain is telling us to do that more, that putting things on the list, checking off, putting things on the list, checking off, even if the things we're putting on the list aren't worth doing, even if those are not important. So we become like a rat in a wheel so much so that we will go back and put things on our list even after we've done them just so we can check them off for this shallow feeling of productivity. And we never stop to ask ourselves if those things are worth doing. And at the end of the day and at the end of the week, we're like, I got however many things done on my to-do list and they were all useless. And so it, it forces you to stop and go, I want to put on my list things that actually matter to me because I want to spend my time on things that actually matter because I want to spend my life on things that actually matter. I don't want to run really hard toward a finish line that I don't want to cross that doesn't mean anything to me. And so when we understand what's at play with even the, the psychology of the to-do list, it can be a great tool, but it also can be addictive like social media or anything else that sucks us into a cycle without us realizing it. So I, I, I wanted to spend some time in the book talking about let's understand how to use it in a way that helps us create balance and enjoy our lives, not becomes one more thing that steals our time towards something that doesn't matter to us. Yes. So good. Um, I know I've definitely felt guilt when I work with to-do lists a lot of times in the past, just because I'm not a super type A person. So a lot of times, like I don't live and die by the to-do list, but like when I'm writing it in the morning, I think I'm going to, you know, I'm like, yes, I feel like I'm going to, and then I just can't, I can't go through a 10 step to-do list and get it all done. Not many people can. And so, yeah, it usually has that guilt associated with it. So I just love that take. One more thing I would add to that is something I've started doing and I I have started doing this in my own um, kind of journaling practice, but it's just a great tip for your, for your listeners. I'm hoping I can come out with a tool like in the future to help put this into practice, but I start my day and I journal just a few thoughts. I'm not a big journaler at all, but I I have printed off this little journal where I'll write like two to three lines of how I'm doing, you know, how I'm feeling, checking in with myself before I plan my day. But then I write down things I'm proud of from the day before. And I write down, okay, I'm proud. I I hosted my family for dinner. I got laundry done. I went for a walk, you know, anything. The most insignificant things could be something I'm proud of. But I write down what I'm proud of from yesterday. And I write down things I'm grateful for and things I'm praying for. But when I write down what I'm proud of from yesterday, before I set my to-do list for my day, it helps me celebrate and appreciate and be proud of what I'm doing right 
rather than always focused on what I'm doing wrong and not getting to. And I think we, this plays into our to-do list where we put 47 things on it. We get through 45 and we feel bad for the two. And so that simple practice for anyone that's listening, just, hey, before you set your to-do list, write a couple lines of what are you proud of from yesterday? It could be how you spent your time, what you did on your to-do list. It could be anything. I'm just proud of that I didn't, you know, my, send my children away yesterday. <laughs> it could be anything. But write down what you're proud of and then take that sense of pride and confidence and sense of accomplishment into setting your to-do list, knowing this doesn't define me and I'm not a failure if I don't get to it all. Because in place of all the things that you think you're failing at, there's a million things you're doing right, but we never stop to celebrate that. We never stop to be proud of that. We just moved to the next thing that we've got to get to and then we don't and we feel bad. So that's another simple trick tip that can help you shake the guilt and be proud of all the things you're doing right. So good. Well, I feel like we could talk about this all day because there's just so much. And um, your book comes out in September. So it's available for pre-sale on July 12th. And then um, September 14th is the actual launch date. But of course, we want everybody to get their copy and pre-sale because then you get the audiobook and ebook and all these fun things, bonus items, because that's a, that's a good, good benefit to getting it in pre-sale and pre-ordering. Okay, awesome. So excited for that. And definitely, you know, I feel so honored that I get to read it early. So I'm definitely sending everyone who's listening to go ahead and pre-order that because I'm loving it so far. Like I've said, I'm about halfway through it. And it's, it's just been so helpful and such a mindset shift for me. But before we go, I do have two questions that I ask every guest. First one is, what is one way that you choose intentionality in your everyday life? This is going to sound like a recap of what I said a minute ago, but it's, I guess, what comes to mind because it's so practical. Every single day, I'm trying to ask myself, what is right today? What is right right now? And I think um, when I don't do that, I tend to react to my day and react to everyone else's demands of me. And then the day kind of slips away. And, you know, I look at my phone and rush from meeting to meeting at the end of the day. I'm not sure what I did. (laughs) So at the beginning of the day saying, okay, what's right right now? What's right today? Helps me be so intentional with my time and even my presence. Um, And I do that even the weekends, you know, what's right right now? What's right today? What do I want my Saturday to look like? And I try to almost cast a vision for that day. And then it helps me live out that vision versus getting to the end of the day and not really sure what I did or where it went. So that's just kind of what I talked about earlier, but that, that really helps me be intentional. Yes. I love that. And I, it's, definitely, you know, something that just the idea of having like a vision for your day versus just letting it happen to you is, is huge. My second question is just a fun one. What is something that you're loving right now? Okay. Is this in any particular direction? Like it, is it supposed to be like super like serious and like life changing or just, it can be anything. It can be anything really. (laughs) Either way you want to go with it. Okay. I've talked about this before. So some people are like, would she please get off this kick? Um, I've got this, like, I've got a couple different hair products that I really love. I'm not wearing them right now, but I should, because that would be a better advertisement for it. But, um, Osis is this little red bottle that like is volumizing powder and then bumble and bumble dry shampoo. It helps you go like three or four days without washing your hair, which let's be honest, but just take back your time. Take back your time. Stop washing your hair so much. Just <laughs> something that gives you, saves you in your morning routine and saves the time washing your hair. So yeah, just a couple, couple hair products that I'm, I'm really loving. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to have to look into this. I'm always wanting to try new dry shampoo. So I'll definitely check into that. Well, thank you so, so much. This has been such a great conversation. And again, just encouraging everyone to go check out your book. And thank you for coming on the show and sharing just all that you have kind of learned throughout the years on this topic. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here.
I hope you were encouraged by this episode, especially if you are feeling guilty about feeling out of balance in some way, or if you feel like you're just trying to grasp to do it all and to balance everything. I hope this episode gave you the encouragement that you need to maybe put some things down or write out your priorities and figure out what it is that actually matters in this season, what it is that deserves your time the most in this season. Something I love that Christy talked about is just this idea of kind of aligning our days to our priorities. I know I talked about this a long, long time ago on the podcast, like I think back on episode 20. And it's something that really changed the way that I approached my days is just writing down the things that matter most to me and writing down everything that I do in a day. So like taking a piece of paper, writing down everything that matters most to me on one side of the paper, maybe even like the things I'm responsible for. And then on the other side of the paper, writing down literally everything I do in a day, everything that takes my time in a day. Looking at that and thinking about, okay, is are my priorities taking priority in this day? Where is my time going? And what I love that Christy says about kind of this practice of just reminding yourself of what matters, reminding yourself of your priorities, is that it does change. It does look different. This is not something we just do once and we kind of revamp our days to match what matters most to us the best that we can, and then we're done, and then we're good, we are ready, we are balanced, quote unquote, balanced for life. This is something that changes with the seasons. And for me, just hearing her say that, it made me realize that my life has changed a lot since I first went through that practice. And I really haven't revisited it since things have changed. And so that is kind of my encouragement for you today is just think about and write down what are your priorities? What matters most to you in this season? What do you need to give your time to in this season? What do you want to give your time to in this season? Make one list full of those things and then make another list that is just an outline of kind of what actually takes up your time in a day right now. And then see if they line up, see what can change, see how you can give your time to what matters most today, what matters most in this season. Sometimes that means saying no to good things, but things that just aren't right for right now. Doesn't mean they'll never be right. It's just, it's not for right now. So I love, love, love the encouragement that Christy gives and how this idea of balance really does change from season to season. And I just encourage you to think on that a bit today and how it applies to your life as we end this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, if it spoke to you in some way, of course, I always end the episode by saying I would be so grateful if you share with a friend, you could text a friend, you could share it on Instagram or whatever other social media platform you like to share things on. And I'm super grateful for you for doing that. I am so thankful that you're here, that you are listening in, and I will talk to you right back here on the next episode. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.